Next on BYU Sports Nation, BYU football releases the depth chart for week zero. What's the biggest surprise? Portland State head coach Bruce Barnum on his unforgettable experience with Lavelle Edwards and the Bruise to prove it. Plus, BYU TV dual threat analyst Blaine Fowler plays Tuesday morning quarterback. How many points will BYU score against Portland State? Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. We are hanging out in Studio B once again, Tuesday, August 22nd. One day closer to BYU football in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Yeah, baby. Again, I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man, the myth, the legend, and the comic book collector, Jerem Jordan. I never really got into comic books when I was younger. Apparently, I just collected them. (laughs) It's new to me. Now, if you were granted the opportunity to, let's say, purchase the comic book cover that ESPN teamed up with Marvel for... Featuring BYU and LSU, would you buy said comic book? No, I would just save it onto my computer. Okay, but just just yeah, just yeah. the image. It'd be free. It only you only care about the image. I only care about a lot of images. Yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, well, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. This came out yesterday. Um, you know, the original Captain America Iron Man cover turned into BYU LSU. This is part of a series of good games in Week One. Week zero is this week, Kay, because not everyone plays. BYU does. But pretty cool um, that ESPN and Marvel collaborated on this. Yeah, Duff Tittle with the tweet out saying, as Jerem just said, ESPN and Marvel collaborated on comic book covers celebrating the 2017 arrival of college football. Here's the original from December of 1973 and then the BYU-LSU version. So Cosmo's Captain America in this regard and Iron Man is the Tiger. I like my chances as uh, Cosmo being well, Captain Rogers. Well, if you know the history, <laughs> what goes down? <laughs> In the, are we no talking spoilers? Are we Jerem? talking comics? No, no spoilers. Are we talking comics? Or are we talking the movies? Because they're two different uh, paths, I suppose. Oh, man, see, this is why you should be a comic book collector. You're but I Mar- like the movies. You're I don't a like Marvel the- guy, man. But do you know how the comic books turn out? Yeah, because someone told me. I didn't actually read them. Mm-hmm. Yay to those that read them. I just have not. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know how either one ends, to be quite honest with you. The movies? The movies. You didn't see Civil War? Well, I've seen Civil War, but like, there's another one that's going to come out, right? Yeah, but I'm, I'm talking about Civil War, the comic, versus the movie. Okay, no, I don't know the ultimate ending along the movie side. And no I'm, one does because they haven't come out. Okay, well, I thought you were alluding to that, saying, like, oh, I know how the comic book ends, so I know how the movies are eventually going to end in all of this. Well, Civil War was apparently different from the comic. Uh, that's, all I, that's all I know. Okay, yeah. okay. Take it from the not comic book collector, even though he kind of knows a lot of stuff. Bring on the headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU football practicing this morning and afterward will have media availability at roughly 2.15 Eastern time on the BYU TV Sports Facebook page. The Cougars have released their zero-week depth chart. One note from that depth chart, Matt Hadley 
Moved up from safety, I feel like, 24 hours ago. It was a week ago. Now he's listed as a starter at yeah. linebacker in place of where Francis Bernard was originally. Head coach Kalani Satake, well, he says he's relying on Hadley's experience at that safety position to help him out when it starts to really matter. He's a good fit there, and, he, and he, we do a lot of things um, with our linebacking crew that, that kind of um, – there's a lot of carryover from our safety position to our linebackers. So you can see, I think, Chaz Ayu is listed in there as, as, as a guy that can transition. But those guys can easily go back to the safety position. We just feel like we, got, we have really good depth there at the, that position. If you have depth at the safety position, why not take advantage of it and move Matt Hadley up to linebacker, which is exactly what BYU has done. We'll have more on those takeaways from the depth chart in just a few minutes when we discuss what's trending. Kainukua had three tackles and a pass breakup for the Browns in their 10-6 victory over the Giants last night. I feel like he's uh, in a good place to make that team just because they don't have very many safeties, and Kainukua is a pretty good player. But it's good to see him on the field. Because the Browns stink. <laughs> They're 2-0 and in the preseason, Jerem. Wow. As tweeted out by ESPN that's last in- night. That's incredible. <laughs> the BYU- do, you, do you know who won the spring training in Major League Baseball? Neither do I. Do they even have a competition? I don't. I don't yeah, know they, they play do. like a they play month a, of they, games. No, they play a tournament. Do they have a tournament at the end of it? Who who had the best record? I don't. No one cares. Doesn't matter. I don't know. Football greater than baseball. How dare you compare the two? The BYU women's soccer team played Ohio State to a scoreless draw last night in the home opener. One hundred ten minutes of soccer, no goals to show for it. Is there anything better than a scoreless draw in soccer? But it was such a beautifully played game, Jeremy. I mean, was that, it? BYU had one goal, one shot on goal. Well, that's, in 110 minutes. It, if you watched the whole 110 minutes, BYU hit the post twice. That doesn't count as a shot on goal, right? Which is dumb. It's not going in. Which is dumb. No, it's not going in. There should be a shot on post category because that changed one yeah, shot there, on yeah, goal. You're set. right. There should be like it should be like a yeah crossbar or post. The one shot on goal that, was not even yeah. threatening. The real threats happen when you hit the post. Like, that's what was dumb about it. Right. Both Not all teams, shots on goal. Yeah, both teams had near goals. And why do why do we say as a culture? Hand grades and – hand yeah. grades. Hand grenades. shoes and hand grenades. Yes. That's when close is good. Why do we say as a culture a near near miss? No, it's just that, a miss. Doesn't, that, yeah, doesn't make, right. that doesn't you're make right. sense. It's just a miss. It was a near goal. So, the, okay, the good news is BYU shut out Ohio State. That's the good news. Yeah, well, the bad news is that BYU didn't score either. No, they lost their opener and now they've tied their home one. They're oh one and one. Like they're going to take probably a pretty significant drop in the coaches' poll. Meh. All good, man. A lot of soccer to play. They'll be ranked. A lot of soccer good, to play, man. and they're playing a tough schedule. Give me some good news. Playing a really tough schedule. Hey, well, BYU had a shutout. That was good news. Colton Shaver hit another walk-off grand slam. Okay, that's what? good news for the single A Tri City Valley Cats. Shaver hit two home runs on the evening. 10-6 win over the Brooklyn Cyclones. When's the last time you saw a Cyclone in Brooklyn, by the way? Because uh, in the Tri-City uh, Valley, I've seen a ton of cats. I have no idea. So many cats. <laughs> there they are. There's one. Yeah. Don't you feel motivated to rise and shout after that? That's more like it. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. The depths of repair. And it starts with the BYU football depth chart. Each and every year, there is attrition. You got to figure out who's going to be the number one guy and who's going to be right behind him because if number one goes out, you have to have the guy 
next man up, step up, and not have the level drop off. That is the ideal situation for every college football team is can our entire two-deep play at a really high level? Well, BYU football released their two-deep depth chart yesterday. Head coach Kalani Satake spoke specifically about that. We're going to try to sneak on 15, (laughs) and if the refs catch us, then we'll go to 13 and 12. No, I I mean, I I think it's just its really hard. Well, if you set one with only 11, and then the game starts, and it's just different groups, and then people are going to be like, well, how come this guy was listed as a third in your regular depth chart? I think we're trying to be, without tipping our game plan, we're trying to be respectful to you guys. 15 guys listed at number one. Which brings us to the stat of the day. (laughs) It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. You've heard it twice here at three times. BYU has 15 offensive starters listed on its depth chart. Let's explain why. So you have five linemen. You have one quarterback, typically. And then you have two tight ends listed, Mm -hmm. three wide receivers Mm -hmm. listed, and then four different sets of running backs, including tailback, halfback, Fullback, and then one called BB. I inquired as to what BB meant this Walking morning. Walking back? No, that's a fullback. Oh. It's the big back. Ula Tolutau. The big back. And Kavika Fonua. So, like Kalani said, BYU is going to try and cheat and put 15 players on the fit. No, I'm just kidding. 13 uh, defensive players listed as well. Because there are situations... And different packages, right? So BYU telling you, okay, if we have two tight ends, who are the two tight ends? They are, those are so, the guys. So that, I actually like this. It, at first glance, I was like, what? There's more than 11. I get it. I get it. Yeah, I don't mind it. And initially... Plus, who cares? It's more information. Well, my first thought was, this is exactly what Ty Detmer has been talking about for an entire year. It depends on what package we're running offensively or defensively with the personnel that are on the field. And so when I saw this, I was like, oh, yeah, okay. I totally understand. That was, so that was my, my first takeaway. But what have you taken away? That's our Twitter question. What's your takeaway from the BYU depth chart for the Portland State game? Use the hashtag BYUSN. First tweet coming in from at BRoyalBlueCoog. A couple of surprises. Takeover of the mats. Bushman and Hadley getting the start without having a college game at that position. Big time. That was my number one takeaway after the number that we discussed, right? The 28 starters on offense Plus and defense. special teams. Oh, yeah. Don't forget special teams, too. <laughs> have so there seven are like, positions There listed. are like 48 guys that are starting right now for BYU. All joking aside. 35 positions. The number one thing I noticed immediately was, whoa, Matt Hadley is listed as the starting linebacker in place of Francis Bernard. He got moved a week ago. He's making plays in practice, and they love what he's bringing to the Well, the coaching staff keeps saying to us, to you, to me, watch out for Matt Hadley. Watch out for Matt Hadley. He's a player. There he is. And good point about Matt Bushman. He is a freshman who is listed as a starter. Chaz Ayu is your freshman nickelback, so if you bring a fifth defensive back in the game, he's there. So you'd look at freshman starters. There's just those two, Chaz Ayu and Matt Bushman. Freshman starters. Pretty good. What about special teams? Did you notice anything on special teams that really stuck out to you? We, we Tanner had, Jacobson's the punt returner. Yeah, we had heard that he was we, yeah, positioning had, to be that guy. Right. But now it's official. Yeah, he's, he's a safety and he's doing that. Um, you know, our next guest coming up, his son's the holder. Blaine Fowler's kid, Gavin, is the holder. So he's getting some PT that way. And as a backup safety, by the way, 
And we need we give a lot of love to Matt Foley. We should give some love to Gavin Fowler as well. Yeah, right? the holder. You never. You know what? He's got to hold well, and he's a he's an assister of points. He's the Russell Westbrook of BYU football. <laughs> Except he shoots a higher percentage than 43%. Oh, the, the second thing I noticed, Jerem, was I feel really good about the depth on the lines, both sides of the ball for BYU. Better, way better than I thought I would feel when camp started, BYU's especially pretty, on the defensive side. He's pretty young on the O-line with the backups, but that's the point. They're the backups, and they'll kind of figure it out. You, you like I like what BYU has at D-line. They're, they're – they're confident in that group. Can they ha- produce more sacks? That's the question. Sione Takitaki on the edge, hoping to replace Saitautu's six sacks. which And Harvey Longy, that same position. They were the two guys there. And take it next level. You tell us your takeaways from the BYU depth chart for the Portland State game. Hashtag BYUSN. Coming up, Blaine Fowler on how many points he thinks BYU will score against Portland State. And was he shocked by anything on the depth chart besides 28 starters? Wasn't shocked by Gavin being the holder. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Our conversation happening right now on our good friend, the Twitter machine. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN whenever and however you feel like replying. Tonight, after further review, is on at 7 Eastern time. The guys break down the BYU-Boise State game in 2015. Oh, by the way, the last five games between BYU and Boise State, the home team has won. The game is in Provo this year, FYI. Let's go! Part of what I believe BYU will, have, will lead BYU to 10 regular season wins. If you want all our season projections, download the podcast from last Friday's show. Our Twitter question today, what's your takeaway from the BYU depth chart for game number one against Portland State at WXHS Section 47. Does that mean Woods, Woods Cross, Cross High, High School, School Section 47? Is that what that is? I'm guessing it is. Either that or weather, because WX is the coding for weather in uh, broadcast. Weather High School? <laughs> My takeaway is not have any more takeaways. The chart is awesome. Just missing 13. Uh, number 13, as in Francis, Francis Bernard. Bernard. Okay, well, and that was my number one takeaway was I thought initially, well, it's going to be Adam Pulsifer. Matt Hadley has put himself in a good position, making plays in very short amount of time. The coaches feel confident in what he's going to do moving up from safety to linebacker. Let's get Blaine Fowler's opinion, our dual-threat analyst, national champion quarterback at BYU. Blaine, when you look at the depth chart, what automatically stuck out to you? What stuck out to me is that nothing stuck out. So outside of the changes that they had to make um, to recover from Francis Bernard uh, being out, everything's exactly as I thought it would be going into fall camp. So the only question I had, would, would Bushman be an extension of what he did in spring ball and get a starting job? Which he did very quickly. I thought within the first week it was like, oh my goodness, this guy is amazing. He's got to be there. So, so that one was one that was up for grabs uh, in my mind. But the good news is this looks like an established program now. They go in with established starters into fall camp. Those starters step up to the plate and do what they're supposed to do. Depth falls in behind. Where last year, we were looking at that first depth chart going, who's going to be where? We just don't even know. Now in year two, we're looking at it going, yep, this is exactly what we thought. There were very few injuries in fall camp. Guys missed a practice here or practice there. So things stayed solid. So outside of... 
moving Matt Hadley over to outside backer to to cover for Francis Bernard. And and by the way, I thought Zane was doing a phenomenal job. I told you guys all throughout fall camp, I thought he was one of the unsung heroes of fall camp, a star that was emerging. So now to get your best 11 guys on the field, you start Zane at safety, you move Matt over to outside linebacker, who's going to be phenomenal in pass coverage there, and who we know is one of the most physical safeties. So it's a, it's a perfect fit, great idea. Outside of that, it's exactly what I thought it was going to be, which is a very comforting feeling for me, knowing that in year two, they had already established guys, and this is just an extension of last fall into the spring and now into this fall. Generally, your threes don't play a ton, but your twos will play um, in a game somewhat. So where is BYU the deepest? What position group, in your opinion, is the deepest through too deep? They're, they're really deep on the D-line. And, and I think from a talent perspective, and this is something I haven't said in I don't know how many years, let's say 10 they're really deep on the offensive line. That's what I just said Which like is, 10 minutes ago. That, that's such a change for me because I, every year we come in here the last several years and I go, wow, they, they just really need to figure out how to be more dominant up front. And so I haven't been 100% comfortable with the five starters for a long time, but especially not comfortable with depth. So I come in and it's exactly as it should be. The starters are experienced guys that have proven track records and are physical and know what they're doing. The backups are younger guys that are very, very talented physically and just lack experience. So those young guys are pushing those starters every day in practice. I'm telling you, when, when Tooney and Kean and all these guys come to practice every day, they go, man, I better do well because the guy behind me is as good as I am. He just doesn't have the experience that I have. Honestly, guys, I can't. Re- it's been so long, I can't remember when I felt that way about an offensive line. Mm. So, so that's the area – of depth that I just go, wow, this is a change from where BYU has been, and it's a change for the goods. They're very deep up there in terms of talent. Then on the D-line, they always have to because they like to rotate through eight guys along that front four, and I feel really good about the eight that they're going to rotate through. So, So they're deep. We've talked about how deep the corners are this year. The safeties are deeper than they've been in the past. Um, but to me, on the D-line, you you have to play that many guys. You can get away with playing three backers. You can get away with playing four guys in the secondary for the most part. You've got to have depth at the D-line, and they do. And then the biggest change for me is on the offensive line where that's, that's a welcome, welcome sight to see you know, going into the fall when you look at all of those names on the two deep and go, hey, any of those guys could play. That's fantastic. Just FYI, Molangi is not on the two deep anywhere, for those wondering. <laughs> Although he is a starter at PAT and field goal. He's the immovable object yeah. at right guard, yeah. where, where if you're going to block a right-footed kicker's field goal, you're going to come in between the guard and the center, or between the guard and the tackle on that right side and attack the right foot of the kicker. Put Big Mo there. Yeah. So I like Big Mo there because I don't want anybody falling on Gavin. <laughs> and I think that Mo is going to – he's going to ensure that nobody's going to fall on Gavin, now, which is good. Now, Ed Lamb said on Coordinator's Corner yesterday that Mo has blocked some low-trajectory kicks. He's 6'7", and he gets his – he doesn't have hands. He has paws, right? We all know that. Now th- th- you know, think about this on field goal block or on extra point block. If Mo wants to go from here to there, I don't care if there's a guy in front of him. He's going to go from here to there. <laughs> How do we get him <laughs> yeah. to go from so, here to there? So he's just got to be – somehow we have to get him angry before a field goal and so, say, Mo, you need to be three yards into the backfield. Now, at 6'7", he gets three yards into the backfield and puts his hands up. That's one thing. 
Now put Corbin Kafusi right in behind him. Because remember, you're not allowed to jump off of somebody anymore. But but if Corbin, he block, he can block some field goals just standing Luck, behind the line. Block two kicks last year. Because he's jumping up there 10, 11. He's probably jumping up 11 feet. He's going to get his hands 11 feet. So that's at the line. So if he's just you know a couple yards behind, you know, on the defensive side of the line of scrimmage, he's got a shot. Get him in behind Mo and get him on the offensive side of the line of scrimmage and have Corbin jump up in the air. That's scary, and if I'm a kicker, I'm worried about it. And if you get kickers worried, now I'm not saying I'm not saying BYU's kickers because they're mentally tough. But most kickers I know, you get them thinking about something other than just kicking the ball, they freak out. Not good. That's right. That's what you're not supposed to talk about. <laughs> Nobody's allowed to talk to the kickers except the holder and the long snapper. Everybody knows that because it can mentally mess them up. So nobody's allowed to talk to them except for their two buddies. That's it. They have two buddies: the holder and the snapper. No, and, and sometimes. A punter is a friend. But other than that, nobody else should talk to them ever. It'll mess them up. Blaine Fowler, national <laughs> champion quarterback. Show, it's like, don't talk. <laughs> don't, yeah, Spencer gets a little Let him uptight. do his thing. Yeah. Let him do his thing. <laughs> He's kind of like a kicker. Like some it's of our okay. students will look him in the eye. We're like, hey, hey, hey. Let him do his pregame thing. It's all, it's all good. Don't get all up in his head. All good. <laughs> ice, ice the broadcaster, right? So don't do it. <laughs> Blaine Fowler with us. Uh, I was going to introduce you as, I've already said national champion, but I also need to point out that you are a major proponent of the 17-time national champion BYU Cougarettes. Oh, that, that's without question the most successful team in <laughs> BYU history. There's no doubt about it. And we watched them perform when we hosted the Big Blue Bash. You why, guys hosted it. And, you should probably explain why you're so interested in there. And, my daughter was a Cougarette. Okay. And I don't, you guys don't even know this, so I'm going to bust out some even more trivia. My wife was a captain of the Cougarettes when I started. Wow. Brenda okay. was a captain? Yeah. So we're a two-generation okay. Cougarette family. All right. And they're the just most dominant program on campus. That's all there is to okay. it. Okay, on Saturday, who will perform better, the Cougarettes or the BYU offense? Well, if we're talking about just pure execution, Cougarettes, no question about it. <laughs> <laughs> now, we'll, they'll both win. A bunch of fans they'll just both win. Breath, like, the, ah! the Cougarettes will win. If, like, if we're comparing them to anything, they will okay. win. Okay, okay. Um, but the BYU offense will also win. But if we're going to go for, like, percentage grades of perfection, it, the, the football team will never catch them. It's not even close. Wow. How many points will the offense score on Saturday, Blaine? I'm going to go with 42. I'm going to say 42. Is that too high? Is that enough? No, I, I think 42 is good. They're gonna, I hope that they get up early and play a lot of guys. Ah. And get a lot of guys' depth, and and that they get so maybe they the get second 42. half's a little sluggish. You think? Yeah, not not sluggish, but I think so. Here's two things: they're approaching this game like this is a big time game. We got to play. Remember that this Portland State team, when they were healthy, won big early. They've they've had some big wins. They beat Washington State. They, they beat North Texas sixty six to so, seven. So, but they had a lot of injuries last year. A lot of injuries, so it kind of devastated the rest of the season. Now there's a lot of new faces. Alex Caressa, a name that everybody knows, is not back. He was an incredible a, a quarterback, really talented, dual threat kind yeah. of a guy. He's not back, so that's a big void to try to fill. They have a really dynamic wide receiver slash quarterback slash running back slash. They got a slash guy, but they shouldn't be able to compete on the line of scrimmage. That should be the difference, and so. Ty wants to go out, and he's approaching this game. We've, we've scouted Portland State, and we've got a game plan, and we're going to go play it. If they can manhandle him in the first half, then Ty can start to turn his focus to, okay, let's work on some things that we've got to get better at to get ready for the next three games. Without showing all of our cards for LSU. Right, but you work on some things. And so, not sluggish, but working on different packages and different things, getting different guys in the game that you're going to need down the road. You can't do that 
unless you go out and execute and dominate in that first half and get to that point where you can feel comfortable enough to work on some stuff. And they're not even thinking about working on stuff until the game's in hand. So let's see how the first half goes. And my hope is that they're really good and they dominate, and in the second half they can work on some stuff. I'm interested to see how it plays out because no matter what happens, the overreaction will be incredible. Let's, <laughs> yes. let's say BYU wins this 70 to nothing. Oh, BYU is ready for LSU. Bring on the Tigers. Comic book this. <laughs> let's say the game, BYU wins 33 to 17. It's like, oh, BYU is not crisp. They are not ready for LSU. I think no matter what happens Saturday, there will be an overreaction. And, and you know what? No matter what happens Saturday – They'll have guys on film in a game situation that they can correct, and they're going to get better between game one and game two. No matter whether they dominate and win by 70 or win by 20, they're going to get better between the first and second game. And it's great that LSU has to play their first game and not have that opportunity. And so it's really important that they have this. Now, does this game, regardless of who they play, make them ready for LSU? It's really hard to prepare for that kind of speed. <laughs> so you try to simulate it and practice, do all these things. But I promise you, the first kickoff, you know, the guys that are on, the, say BYU's on the receiving team, all the guys on the, in that front seven are going to come off the field and in their head they're going to go, whoa, that dude was way faster than I thought. And how come somebody that big is running that fast? That's what happens when you play teams at that level. So it will take them some time to adjust to the size and speed that LSU is going to bring to the game. So you just got to hang in there in the beginning. Regardless of whether they play a game first or not, LSU will be an adjustment. Shouldn't Mo Longy be out there for the coin flip, even though he's not a captain? Just, just intimidation just, just for the intimidation, you bring him out? I think that, Kalani, I think, are you listening to this? I think this, this is, is a, a great idea. idea. I think you bring him out against LSU because LSU has nobody like him. Nobody I mean, has anybody like him. I know. So, so Portland State should be intimidated, period. You know, by the stadium, the surroundings, and they've played big games before. But this whole the whole scenario is enough. They're playing up. LSU, ESPN, we man. need an intimidation factor for LSU. So bring Mo out because even LSU is going to go. Oh my goodness, this is the biggest human being I've out, ever seen. Bring Mo out. Bring Mo out. All right, Do Blaine, we, we're out of time, but I'm I'm going to tee you up with something that we need to discuss next week. Okay. Okay. Uh, and I will have you answer one part of this question: True or false? BYU football will be ranked in the top twenty-five at some point this season. True. Okay. And we're going to talk about when next week. When. When is most yeah. likely. That's what we call a tease. Yes. Tease. Yes. Such wow. a tease, okay. Blaine. You think they will be ranked at some point? Yes, they will. When will it be? We will yep. discuss We'll talk that about next that next week. week. Yes. Solid stuff. After further review tonight, what are we looking forward to? We're going to give a little pre- preview of Portland State, and we're going to take a look at that Boise State victory a couple years ago. You know, Tanner Mangum's starting. Uh, first, first start. First start. And, man, I've been watching that film all week to get ready for the show. There's some things I forgot. We were, that was a fun game. It was a fun game. A lot of big plays. A six, first Tanner, third down of the game. Tanner was implementing the, what I call the, the huck and duck theory on offense. Just huck it and duck. <laughs> <laughs> and it worked. <laughs> the huck and duck was in big time fashion shown on that game, and it worked. Absolutely. He won't be doing that this that Saturday. That will not happen. That's not, that let, kind of offense is gone. Let's jerk it different. up to five foot ten guys. Yeah. <laughs> the huck and duck. <laughs> I like that. Blaine, great stuff, man. And Thanks, uh, before you go, I-, I would like for you to join in with us uh, for our daily tradition. Oh, yes. Hit it! Countdown to the Viking. Four days away. We didn't really tell you about the away part. We no. Apologize. Ben told me and I still screwed it up. <laughs> it's okay. You know what? And the problem is I'm kind of like a kicker. A couple people talked to me on the way in and tried to encourage me and they got all up in my head. <laughs> I told people not to look Blaine in the eye. The cameraman right there, he looked me in the eye when I was coming on. What? Come on. Gotta get his focus.
got to get his phone. All up in my head. Four days away. Up next, we'll go between the lines. But first, Portland State head coach Bruce Barnum on when he met Lavelle Edwards and why he'll never forget it. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. We are on demand anytime, anywhere. Don't you feel like the energy is good every time Blaine comes into the studio? Oh, yeah, he's fired up. And tonight the energy is going to be rocking in Studio C for the debut tonight at 8 Eastern of BYU Football with Kalani Satake, a new location. It's in Studio C at the BYU Broadcasting Building. Sign-ups are on Monday. And they filled up in 10 minutes. <laughs> and we're going to have some overflow tonight, baby. It's going to be fun. Check it out tonight, 8 Eastern, BYU TV, BYU Radio. We Greg Rubel, the host. Yeah, we need a drop for Super Tuesday. Yeah, we, like, yeah. we need something like that. Yeah. Yeah, maybe The Voice. Maybe Ben well, Bagley BYU needs to do something about that. BFR and BYU football with Kalani Satake. Fred Warner's player guest, by the way. Very cool. Looking forward to that. Three hours of original content tonight on BYU TV starting at 6 Eastern time. BYU football practicing this morning and afterward we'll have media availability at 2.15 Eastern on the BYU TV Sports Facebook page. The Cougars released a depth chart yesterday. We went through some of the things that stuck out to us early in the show. Download the podcast to hear all of that. It did include 15 offensive starters. Okay. Kainakua recorded three tackles and a pass breakup for the Browns in their 10-6 victory over the New York football Giants last night. Number 8 BYU women's soccer played Ohio State to a scoreless double overtime draw last night in the ladies' home opener. BYU had one official shot on goal, although they hit the post. It felt like a bunch of times. Goalie Hannah Clark had four saves in the shutout. Don't hit the post in your life. Score goals. Colton Shaver hit another walk-off grand slam for the single-A Tri-City Valley Cats. Shaver hit two home runs on the evening, 10-6 win over the Brooklyn Cyclones. So multiple Cougars involved in 10-6 wins. Yes, there was a benches-clearing brawl happening before he reached home plate. Have you seen the video? No. Yeah, I tweeted it out. A benches-clearing brawl? It didn't get too— After the homer? So he's, he's running into home plate, and guys are yelling at each other at home plate from both teams. Oh, well then. That's yeah, exciting. Yeah. So I've tweeted it out the video. We can look at that later. <laughs> A lot happening in that video for sure. Uh, It's not every day that we get to talk to opposing head coaches during game week because it got a lot of things going on. But Bruce Barnum is not your typical head coach. The man in charge of the Portland State Vikings has done a fantastic job winning some notable games against FBS competition. Not one, but multiple. He, I mean, he's done some really good things with that team. We spoke with him yesterday, and I think that very quickly he will become one of your favorite opposing head coaches. Here we are, two-on-one with Portland State head football coach Bruce Barnum. Coach, first and foremost, how much do you know about Provo, Utah? You know, I, I was in the mighty, mighty Pocatello, Idaho, uh, for a few moons. My kids were actually born there. I was up at Idaho State, so... Um, I know of it. Attended, you know, some games there. Actually, my first trip there was a professional development, and Lavelle Edwards came up. You know, I'm actually taller than him, and I've never had somebody punch me so hard on my right arm. I was sore for a week. <laughs> How you doing, Coach? Thanks for coming down. I'm like, come on, Coach. You're eleven. How are you doing? <laughs> True story. What were your impressions of Coach Edwards, other than the impression he left in your arm? You know, uh, I grew up <laughs> Lavelle Edwards. There was a there was a legend of coaches uh, in college, and he was one of them. And meeting him to me was 
I mean, that was as cool as it got. And then I actually ran into him uh, once. I think it was Hong Kong. I was over there. My brother was in, still is in Tokyo. And in the middle of nowhere, I ran into him and his wife, and it was like, are you kidding me? Uh, nobody else knew him, you know, because we were the only ones that spoke the language, so we talked to him there for a bit. But um, very impressed. Uh, he's, a, he's a legend. I mean, what, what, can, what else can you say? Yeah, unforgettable experiences for a number of reasons uh, you had with Lavelle Edwards. Jerem mentioned to you before uh, we began this interview that he grew up in the Portland area, and he he wanted me to ask you if, if you could bring us some voodoo donuts. <laughs> you know what? I'm writing this down now, Jeremy. So <laughs> I don't have anything else to worry about. Don't worry. But you know what? You, you might get some box of voodoo donuts. How, when am I going to see you guys? Game day? Game day. We'll be there. Yeah. We'll be, I'll be, I'll be, be handing you a $20 bill, and you'll be handing me some donuts. They'll be dry as a bone, but you know what? I'll go get the donuts with Cheerios on them. <laughs> exactly. And a piece of bacon and random stuff. So, so week zero game here on ESPN. Portland State on ESPN. BYU excited about that as well. What are your thoughts about this matchup uh, in the earliest game in Portland State football history? It is. Uh, the matchup, you know, if you're a tote board guy in Vegas, uh, we don't have a, a chance, but uh, these – quote, money games for us. Uh, they're exciting all around. Um, we have, you know, in the past couple of years, we did sneak up on a couple of people, but uh, we're going in there. Guys, uh, Spence, Jeremy, I'm just going to make sure we don't lose that game before we play it. I'm going to make them beat us, uh, underdog or not, and see where we're at in the fourth quarter because that's what I tell them in all these games. If we're close in the fourth quarter, uh, we're going to make a run. You say snuck up, maybe on Washington State, but North Texas, 66-7. to I don't think that that uh, qualifies as sneaking up on an FBS team. <laughs> you, you know what, though? We, we, I think we went in at half up 45 goose, and I was still nervous as, as, as a squirrel in church. I mean, I, I was – everybody's, you know, celebrating. I'm coming out and go, guys, no, they can still catch us. You know, they're FBS, we're FCS. And luckily, we came out the next drive, and um, we scored right away. So then I started kind of emptying the bench. I'm just thinking about a squirrel in church, I'll be honest. <laughs> I, just, I just have that visual. That term, you know? I just have that visual. I'd, <laughs> I would be nervous if I was a squirrel there. Now, I wish that Alex Caressa had one more year of eligibility. That would have been a, a fun storyline, but you're going to bring him out as an honorary captain. What went I into am. that choice? The you former know, Alex- BYU receiver. Alex and I joked about that all last year. Once we knew that we were playing, uh, going to have the opportunity to play BYU. But I did. I made him. An, I called him up. Made him an honorary captain. I just thought it would be, you know, a kick for everybody. Um, just an enjoyable way to enjoy the pageantry of College Football Saturday at Provo. Your starting quarterback now is a freshman, Jelani Eason, a dual threat guy like Alex Caressa. What did he do to impress you in camp so much so that you said, okay, you're the guy? Shocked me. I mean, I've never seen that from a, uh, a true freshman. His poise, his playmaking abilities, he takes care of the football, knock on wood. Um, he can run. Uh, he, he fits our package perfect. And he, usually you get a you know, freshman and you put him in that role and he's kind of a uh, you know, snot-nosed, a little green, but – he took it over. He knows the system, and I'm out there going, wow. You know, he impressed us, and he kept doing it. So 
you know, your first game as a true freshman going against BYU, not what you want if you're, you know, writing the book. But he's going to see – here's how I see him. He's going to see speed, speed, speed BYU, speed Oregon State, bye week, and then he's going to get into where I have to win football games to get to the playoffs. And I'm hoping, in my mind, that's going to slow the game down for him so much uh, that we'll make a run through the FCS. What sticks out about BYU to you? Legends. I mean, uh, from where do you want to start? We already talked about Lavelle. Um, McMahon. That, Jim McMahon was when I was getting into college football. I kind of made the turn from the Steelers and following Lambert and the Steel Curtain. And then I'm saying, hey, you know, I'm actually going to play college football. Somebody's giving me a scholarship, so I started following it because my dad, I had no connection. I was a service brat, and college football was new to me. Um, but then I started reading up on it and watching it more. And, uh, but, and you can go through – we don't have time to go through the list of names. Ty Detmer, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be coaching against one. I feel like, you know, walking over pregame and getting some autographs, to be honest. <laughs> you look at their staff. Portland State head football coach Bruce Barnum with us on BYU Sports Nation. We don't know who the legends will be for this year's team per se. A lot of people think it might be quarterback Tanner Mangum at some point. What's your number one concern about facing this year's BYU team? Um, I I said it before on an interview about your football team, Monsters of the Midway. You add the maturity, the mission side of it. Um, they're, they're bigger, stronger athletes um, than uh, not just mine. I think probably just about everybody else they play. Uh, they rival unless you get you know an SEC and Saban, who's you know paid a gazillion dollars to uh, for his recruiting budget. But um, everybody wants to go to BYU. Uh, BYU it's a destination for uh, nationwide for everybody involved in LDS church. That's how the recruiting is not easy, but I think they have a lot of choices uh, that other people don't, and they do a nice job, you know, feeding that and bringing guys and putting them on mission and getting that mission line going, and uh, they're a strong football team. You went to the playoffs two years ago. Last year uh, was more of a rebuilding year, but what do you expect from your group this season, Coach? You know, uh, again, I want a product that uh, you're going to see on the football field that runs smooth, that plays hard, uh, and doesn't give up. I mean, we we lost five games in the fourth quarter last year with a bunch of uh, – I played seven true freshmen. Mm. So I love my team. I love how they're together. I love the leadership. Um, and it's college football Saturday. I, I preach to them anything can happen. What's the number one strength of your team right now? Strength. That's a good one. You know, because we're, we're kind of the – we're an island of misfit toys. You, you know, I'm high school guys and some transfers, and I bring this group together. Uh, I mean, the all the global diversity uh, people on every campus should just look at how we meld this group together because they do play as one. I have no stars. What I'm looking for, I'm curious about, is who's going to be a star because guys are going to rise to the occasion. And I don't know who it's going to be. That's kind of who who we are right now. Coach, it's been great to talk to you. We have uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. And uh, I look forward to those voodoo donuts. Awaits his voodoo donuts. (laughs) You're killing me. I'm going to send somebody down there just for you, (laughs) Jerry. Go PDX. Go Vikes. Thanks, Coach. All right. We'll see you over there.
I'm telling you. I better have cash on hand. Automatically one of your favorite opposing coaches. Yeah, he's fun. He's fun, man. And you're going to get some voodoo donuts out of it, probably. He probably will show up with donuts. I'll need them in the second half, I think. <laughs> What's your takeaway from the BYU depth chart for the Portland State game? Use the hashtag BYUSN. We go between the lines next. The players answer back at us with superlatives. Thanks, Lauren. Tonight on After Further Review, a look back at the 2015 battle with Boise State. And we'll preview Saturday's opener against Portland State. Blaine Fowler, David Nixon, and Brian Logan explain the game tonight, 7 Eastern, 5 Mountain, on BYU TV. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B. This is your day-to-day play-by-play. Watch our daily rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Today is a Tuesday, and it's a Super Tuesday. The debut of said Super Tuesday, presented by Siegfried and Jensen. BYU Sports Nation's re-airs at 6 Eastern Time, after further review at 7 Eastern. And then the debut of BYU Football with Kalani Satake, hosted by Gregor Bell. Tonight, in Studio C, 6, 7, 8 Eastern, 3 hours. It's Super. Check it out. Super Tuesday. Let's go now to something I have been highly anticipating for the last week. The BYU football team, and many of you will remember, had photo day a few weeks ago, and we went after a few guys. I was gone for this. With some yearbook superlatives. Yeah, yeah. We thought it was pretty funny. Well, now it's their chance to get back at us. Got a little crazy at one point. Red card came out. Hopefully I won't have to do that again. Let's go Between the Lines. BYU Sports Nation presents Between the Lines. It's payback time, Spencer. Like you said, the BYU football team got their chance to rebuttal and come up with their own yearbook superlatives for Spencer. And for kicks and giggles, we threw in the rest of the BYU TV sports crew. Here are their nominations. We're on. We ready to go? Okay. Here with Johnny Linehan. Johnny, you had a chance to uh, take a look at a couple pictures in rebuttal to... BYU football superlative. Most likely to bring up fourth and 19 before you do. You ruined the segment, Jason. What? What? I just read it. First of all, what did you think about that? Extremely accurate. (laughs) Okay, well, we're going to have you do something in return, okay? I'm going to show you two pictures, and you have to come up with a superlative of your own. Here's the first one. Spencer Linton, co-host of BYU Sports Nation. Most likely to stay up late at night watching infomercials of cosmetic products to help improve his TV image. <laughs> yeah, he looks good. Whatever helps him look good. I mean, he looks nice. I'm a little jealous. Dave McCann, play-by-play for BYU TV Sports. Uh, most likely to be rejected as an umpalumpa on Willy Wonka. Yeah, I don't think he'd quite cut it. Uh, I don't know. Just, <laughs> just not feeling the vibe too much. We were here with Matt Foley, the long snapper on the football team. They said, most likely to live in a van down by the river. What did, what did you think of that? I'm not surprised I've been getting that since I was in like middle school. Jerem Jordan, co-host of BYU Sports Nation. Most likely to play JV as a senior. <laughs> I love that. Here with Butch Pau, who was not on the list of BYU football superlatives, but he's here filling in for some of his teammates. First, we're going to do... Ben Bagley, who is the producer of BOU Sports Nation, what's your superlative? Most likely to be seen at Golden Corral for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Yeah, he looks like that guy, so 
That's that mustache. That's that mustache, definitely. Okay. For the mustache, he wouldn't be there. He'd probably be at Panda breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> Brian Logan, football analyst for BYU TV Sports. Brian Logan, the most likely to skip leg day. He has a, looks like he has a great upper body, great torso, but the legs just yeah aren't there. No quads, no hamstrings. He misses it. Here with Chris Wilcox, Chris, Jerem Spencer, and Jason nominated you for most likely. To vote for Pedro. <laughs> <laughs> that mustache, though, is was the sealer. He's right? rocking it, though. No, it was funny, but got to get my revenge. We're going to start with the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rebell. All right, so for Greg, we're going to say most likely to play Mr. Clean in a new commercial. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like the got a perfect round head. <laughs> he does, doesn't he? he Very shiny on top. It is. The second one is Jason Shepard, sideline reporter for BYU TV Sports. Most likely to have braces at an old age. And we didn't tell him any of that, Jason. <laughs> no, she didn't. Here with Tanner Mangum. Tanner, you weren't actually on the list of superlatives, but we're going to have you step in for some of your teammates okay. right now, okay? So the first guy on our list is David Nixon, football analyst for BYU TV Sports. What would you say about David? Uh, well, after seeing this picture, I'd say most likely to be the next contestant on The Bachelorette. <laughs> That's a really good Good-looking guy, yeah. sharp, you know, well-dressed. I think he'd win. I was hoping you'd come up with something a little meaner for David, but... I had nothing mean to say about him. I know. Dang it. <laughs> the next one, Blaine Fowler. He's the color commentator and analyst as well for BYU TV Sports. What would you say about Blaine? Most likely to walk onto the team as the quarterback and take my spot. <laughs> I like it. Why would you say that? Well, he's an athlete. He's fit. He's in good shape still. And I haven't seen him throw, but I'm sure he still could. So, I, I mean... I can see it. He's competitive. I mean, I, I'd have to look out for myself if he's on the team. Blaine, hopefully you have a couple more years of eligibility, pal. Tanner's calling you out right now. Yep. I'll be ready, though. Take note below. Don't hate me. Don't hate me. Please don't hate me. <laughs> don't hate me. Oh, those were phenomenal. They did such a good job, and Butch really was super nervous that Brian Logan would never like him again after saying that. If anybody can take it, Brian Logan can yeah, take it. Yeah, Brian, Brian Logan, Logan can yeah, take it. Yeah. Next week, we're going to do a behind-the-scenes BYU Sports Nation. We're going to take a look at some of the students and the brains and the personalities that go behind this lovely, wonderful show. Follow us on Twitter at BYU underscore BTL. Use the hashtag BYUBTL. We hope you still like the show after next week's Between the Lines. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. We see what really happens Going behind out on the a limb scenes. here. We're going on the, that was fantastic. Yeah. In fact, I'm not, I'm not going to give a yellow card or a red card. I, I was highly entertained. No, that was funny. And you look really pretty. In that Photoshop. He looked hey, really good. Hey, Greg really Rubell nice. is Mr. Clean? Like, I, I was, like, scared of that nightmares. image. Like, that, yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Give yeah. it up for Chase Johnson we need, for that Photoshop. We need, to, yeah, we nice need to blow that image up and put it on Greg's office door. Let's do it. <laughs> He'll love it. Don't give away the idea. Thank you, Lauren. That was fantastic. Thank you, gentlemen. Look forward to more Between the Lines. Coming up, we'll get you caught up to date with anything and everything you may have missed in regard to BYU sports. Another walk-off grand slam for a Batcat. Stay with us. Between the Lines on BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Martin's Collision Repair. The right repair, the right paint, the right choice. Cougar football fans, gear up to follow BYU football week by week with BYU TV's newest live show, hosted by Voice of the Cougars' Greg Rubel. It's BYU football with Kalani Satake. It's an all-access pass to the latest info and engaging discussions with a coach and player guest. 
Get in on Q&A sessions with questions from BYU faithful from across the nation. If you love Cougar football, don't miss BYU football with Kalani Satake starting tonight at 8 Eastern, 6 Mountain on BYU TV. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Thanks to today's guests, BYU Cougarettes historian Blaine Fowler, Portland State head football coach Bruce Barnum, and Lauren Frankham with Between the Lines. If you missed any of the podcast, download it on iTunes or Google Play. Coming up this week, Gregor Bell, new 10 and 10, and Super Bowl winning coach Brian Billick. Let's whip it! It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Cougars are wrapping up practice. They'll have media availability coming up at 2.15 Eastern time on the BYU TV Sports Facebook page. The Cougars released a depth chart yesterday. Cougars in the NFL. Kai Nakua recorded three tackles and had a pass breakup for the Cleveland Browns in their 10-6 win over the New York football Giants last night. Browns 2-0 in the NFL preseason. Soccer. This is Brown Sports Nation. The women's soccer team played the Ohio State to a scoreless draw last night in the home opener. BYU had one shot on goal. Goalie Hannah Clark had four saves in the shutout. Cougars in the minors. Colton Shaver hit another walk-off grand slam. Another one for the single-A Tri-City Valley Cats, two in a month. He hit two home runs last night alone in a 10-6 win over the Brooklyn Cyclones. Maverick Buffo pitched four and two-thirds in a Gulf Coast League Blue Jays loss. The Gulf Coast League Pirates allowing eight hits, one and run while striking out four. Brennan Lund won for five in a Mobile Bay Bears win over the Biloxi Shuckers. And Jacob Don't Call Me Micah Hanneman went one for four in an Iowa Cubs loss to the Nashville Sounds. Rugby. Former Cougar Jordan Gray playing for USA Rugby against New Zealand in the World Cup semifinals as we speak. The Kiwis of New Zealand lead the home of the Brave 15-7 start of the second half. That's Alexa Gray's sister. Very cool. Very cool. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most, DexterLaw.com. Goes to Portland State head coach Bruce Barnum. Fun interview with him in case you missed it. He's going to bring me some voodoo donuts, it sounds like. So that's a win. That's a win for me, not a loss. <laughs> they will be a little bit dry. But, hey, <laughs> yes, it's they the will. thought that counts, right? Yeah. Well, if they were on a charter, you know, that'd be the day. But you're right. They're going to be dry no matter what. I've, I've been to Portland twice in the last five minutes and still haven't eaten a voodoo donut. Twice in the last five minutes? Months. Oh, months. Um, Did I say minutes? Yeah, that's all right. I was just like, I was right next to you. How'd you go to Portland? That's amazing. Yeah, no, I don't know. Yeah, it's worth going at least once. What is your takeaway from the BYU depth chart for the Portland State game? At Hot Wings 85 says, my takeaway, we have a football game this Saturday. Jimmer bless. (laughs) (laughs) I've heard that used before. That's funny. (laughs) What in the world? Our elite tweet of the day. From at Sports Bros, corners are young, going to be good for a lot of years. And then to that, conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Use hashtag BYUSN. The show is on demand, people, on BYUSN.com. Audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app for Jeremiah and Spencer. Shout out to David Neff. Remember, Super Tuesday tonight, starting at 6 Eastern with the re-air. Then we have AFR and head football coach Kalani Satake. Don't miss it with Greg Rebell.